0: everybody, welcome to another episode of Adil Marcy Unplugged. I'm your host for the most, as always, Adil Marcy, and today I have a very good friend of me, someone that I actually met at a uh, referral networking workshop a couple of weeks ago down in Brighton, UK, uh, my friend John Cottrell. Dude, do I say his name right or did I get it wrong? I don't really... That's cool. Either way, sounds uh, polite to me. <laughs> that's always lovely. So John is... Um, what's the nicer of describing him, essentially he's a bit of a weirdo and a bit of an anomaly, but also really ridiculously smart, like micro expression stuff we're going to be covering today. He's brilliant at, he helps businesses um, that are already making like seven figures actually understand how to make seven figures profitably without losing like a lot of their profitability. Because um, as some of you may or may not know, once you hit six uh, six and seven figures, you have to actually balance between how much money you're taking in and how much you're spending. And a lot of companies don't, do that correctly, um, evidently, and you know, John helps those people do things right. John, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, Adil, pleasure to be here, mate. Glad to have you on, we're gonna have a lot of fun. But real quickly, shout out to our sponsors for this episode today, Uh, adilmrc.com, go there, check out previous episodes of the show, Uh, sign up to our notification squad, as in anytime we release a new episode, you'll get an email automatically be sent out to you, letting you know that's live, um story emails.com there's a whole psychological email breakdown they do on there as well so you can get that for free and also check out actioncoach.com forward slash john Cottrell. dot oh, i was going to say dot com but it's john cartrell that's all it is um, yep so the links will be in the description as always uh and yeah let's just get started with dude how have you been like how's things going
1: good i'm doing uh, some interesting things um we talked about the transformation wheel last time when we met. Yeah. Um, stuff we've been doing, Michael, new genius model coming along. Big fan of uh, Simon Bowen's genius models, so I've been working on that. Uh, that's my little project right
0: here. <laughs> <laughs> so What is the genius model in, in its own sense? Like, if you would explain that, how how would you? Explain yeah, that?
1: it's a way of describing something in a soundbite. You know, if you want to, if you want to explain something that might otherwise be complicated. Then having a simple model, uh, because you're talking to someone, so that's the auditory. You get them to see it as well, visual. So it's much easier to remember if you wrap it up in a little model.
0: That's pretty cool. uh,
1: Simon Simon's the genius at the Genius Models, Australian dude. Um, I've met him. He's trained me and a number of others. Um, So we use this format to communicate with people when we're trying to do things.
0: That's pretty cool. I love stuff like that. Have you actually read The Microscript... Um, God, what's it called? The Microscript Rules. Have you ever read that? No, that's a new one on me. Yeah. Um, Am I going to be making load of notes here, Adil? <laughs> oh, you could do, but I'll send I'll send links to you afterwards. But The Microscript Rules... Uh, one of my other guests, Brad Costanzo, from a couple of weeks ago, um, I asked him what one of his favourite books were, and he was like, oh, The Microscript Rules, and I was like, wait, what? what's that about? Right. And he goes, essentially... Uh Bill, I'm not gonna to attempt to say his name because he might be listening to the show and be like, You said my name wrong. I was like I'll get it right, but it's S C H L E Y. Um uh, Sky or Sky? I don't know. Anyway, um he basically wrote this whole book on brand management and how essentially very, very similarly you get your message down, not just to a sound bite, to a memorable phrase. Like yeah, the like whole the billboard thing. headline or something. Yeah, it's like the O. J. Simpson trials, the one he uses is like if um if the glove doesn't fit, you must acquit. He goes, he turned that into something that's easy to remember and associated with what the outcome is. And you want to do that for your business and your life. So he has this whole like 178 page book that just covers everything that you need to do. Very quick read, but really, really good. Um, Starting to implement a lot of that as well in my personal life and into my business as I take the next two weeks off quite soon. So it's gonna be quite fun. So something I really wanted to ask you about, because we spoke about this, not at great length, but just uh, briefly, I wanted to really kind of jump into it, was this whole thought process behind micro expressions, because you're very, very talented at them, like extremely talented and just have a natural knack for it. So I have to ask for the person that may not know this, how and what are micro expressions?
1: Okay, so that's a a great question to start with, Adil. So a microexpression is something that takes place literally in the fraction of a second. So if we think about the capability of our our eyes, we we can prove that uh, an image will register on our retina in about a 40th of a second. So if you think about someone saying that a first impression can be made in the blink of an eye, they're right. So it takes us only a 40th of a second to pick things up. The challenge for us is that we're not always consciously aware of that. So people might think, oh, I don't really like that person, or I do like that person. But if you ask them to explain why, they couldn't tell you. So much of what goes on in our unconscious mind is without language. It's all the domain of emotions. It's very symbolic. So we have to then think about what we felt or what our intuition is telling us, before we can turn it into language. And that's where you get that delay.
0: So the, you limbic, you, the limbic centers of the brain are all emotionally driven, while the neocortex is kind of like trying to interpret what the limbic is saying. Okay, okay there's, the science,
1: there's the science explanation. Okay. Yeah. My, my, my explanations are more like, you know when that time when you were lost for words? That's the disconnect. Okay. You that's felt good. something, but you couldn't explain it.
0: Yeah, I've, I've felt that quite often, so it's okay. quite nice to know that it's not just me having that weird little moment in my mind. So how does someone actually start looking at micro expressions? Because it's something that you're registering so quickly, and you do this quite well. So just to give the people listening or watching, um, when I was doing this little exercise with uh, John down in Brighton, something he said to me was, Adam, you just shook your head to the side slightly. Like You just tilted your head to the side just for a moment. I was like, I did? I felt like I was perfectly so. I was like, nope just for a second, just for a fraction of a second, and I just caught that happening. Was like, happening. So how can anyone train themselves, that's the first question, can anyone train themselves to actually look at microexpressions, and the second is how? Yeah,
1: you. I'm, I'm sure you can. Um, there's a great book by uh, a guy called Paul Ekman. Yep. Uh, I think it's right here. Yeah, Emotions Revealed. Paul Ekman is the master at this. Whether he's on YouTube, you know what? I haven't looked. I've I've met Paul Ekman. Um, How's his name? E-K-M-A-N. Okay, so exactly how it sounds. Yeah, exactly how it sounds. Very phonetic name. Sweet. Um, Yeah, and I heard him speak about what he was, uh, you know, his expertise, and uh, quite a tragic example of someone who committed suicide but gave the clues of their internal anguish. It's just that no one picked them up.
0: Yeah. I I was trying to look for that. I was trying to look for a video version of that because he was saying that you mentioned to me that it's slowed down. You can see the shift in that moment. I was like, I really want to do that, but I I haven't done the video. So that's another thing about
1: micro expressions is that we only pick up very imperceptible movements. But when you, if you imagine that you were, um, taking a, a video of somebody like freeze frame, really, really many, many uh, frames per second, and then you could slow it back down, you would see them in a much more exaggerated way. They would be much clearer. I don't know how to do this now. Yeah, well, you yes. You remember the example with um, on uh, Michael's podcast yeah. that's coming out with getting people to film themselves while they watch it.
0: That's actually something I do want to have. So once that goes live, because it should be around the same time we release this episode, um, I'll put a link to it because I think that's going to be really helpful for other people. To actually yeah. have a look at it because I want to more or less look at it as well. So that's just interesting to me.
1: Yeah. It's it's always good if we're aware ourselves. My caveat is always used for good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a really good book, I think I mentioned it to you, was um, The Ellipsis Manual by James okay. Hughes. Um, Chase is actually a friend of the show he should be com- I think he's coming on tomorrow like I'm, I'm actually doing the interview tomorrow but that'll be released the week after this one um, should really introduce you guys in person because that'll be great Chase is a still almost now almost retired um, naval officer in the US US uh, Army or right. the US Navy rather he did this whole thing where he, he broke down the most comprehensive um, guide on body language, non-verbal communication. And essentially like how interrogation works, how people actually do what they do, how, setting temperatures, non-verbal communication, every sense of the word. And its only caveat is you can use this for evil, but I would prefer if you used it for good because you use it for yeah. evil, you could do a lot of things. Same thing with anything.
1: Yeah, and it, it, do you know what? We we actually know when it's not being used for good. Yeah. Um, what will happen is is people won't trust you because their intuition will be will be clashing with what they consciously think yeah uh so a woman would say oh that guy's being really creepy they can't tell you exactly what is is sending the radar off but That's they just know nice. it doesn't fit yeah so it, so my warning to everybody is if you if you, if it feels creepy then steer clear of that person yeah because your gut feeling is right it's creepy
0: Mm. it always is I mean it's one of the interesting things that we actually see as people and um, I remember years and years ago when I first started getting into psych- uh, psychology and understanding this it's interesting that men never describe women as creepy but women almost exclusively use that as a, as a way of like describing men to uh, other people as their like warning signal as creepy
1: yes I think perhaps the genders or well, it depends on the individual people yeah so so if a predator uh, is likely to be the one uh, giving off the creepy signals. Um, so that's more sort of what I would call psychopathic behaviour. Yep. So I'm I'm literally uh, viewing the other person as my sexual lunch, as it were, and I'm going to eat my lunch and then I'm going to move on to my next victim. Yeah. And people get to feel they're being played. And that's where it feels creepy. Best thing is keep your distance from from the creepy people.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's just a rule. That's just a rule of life: keep distance from yeah. the creeps, um, and see what happens. Now, like something that I really wanted to touch upon because this is a really interesting aspect, and we will come back to this. It's the idea of what you do with businesses, and particularly, yeah. particularly how you actually see where they're losing money, because far too often we, far too often I see in a society we run to the well of seven figures six figures whatever it is but what we don't do is stop to fill the holes in the buckets yeah so, so there's yeah there's
1: logical components to this and there's emotional components to this let's start with the emotional because those are always the fun ones okay we'll start with the fun ones. so um this is generally referred to as one of the valleys of death if we want to get really emotional Mm-hmm. Um, so as a business owner, I might have this gut feeling that my business is as big as I can physically control. And if I get any bigger, I will lose control and then I'll crash and burn. So I'll get to a certain size. And funnily enough, this is not actually about turnover or profit. This is about complexity. So if people are wondering when to make a note, this is the time to make a note, which is how many relationships are there in your business? Because what happens is, and I'm not a mathematician by any means, but what happens is the more people you add, every time you add a person, you're not adding one relationship, you're adding a relationship from that person to every other person in the organization. So it multiplies out. So it multiplies out, and as the chief executive or the owner, if you're a, a, any kind of awareness, you'll realise that there will be a tendency of your own employees to tell you what you want to hear. And the more complex the organisation, the more likely that is to happen. So one of the the core skills for a, for an owner or a chief exec, and it's not widely in business print which is surprising is this need for emotional self-awareness to actually be able to understand is this person telling me the truth is my ego tricking me am I just taking lots of nice strokes because it makes me feel good but actually what I'm being fed is completely untrue so this is great need to be grounded and connected to reality and that's actually for the benefit of the owner, the, the team, and the business. It's just that people don't see it that way. They tend to have a small view of what's right for themselves at that moment. And given most people are governed by fear, they will tell the boss what they think the boss wants to hear. So that moment passes. But they don't see the bigger picture.
0: Yeah, very, very few people do. I, I would agree with that almost entirely based on my own business and what I see. So, my question here really from, as a derivative, because there's many, but this one I want to address first. Is there a way to shift from being driven by fear to be driven by something else, by inspiration or love? Is there a way to shift that? I
1: think there's, yeah, there there is, or there can be. Um, the first thing is, you, you don't want your business to be a daycare center for adults. Yeah. So, so what a lot of people find over time is the people they hired at the beginning didn't grow with the owner but then the owner feels really guilty about having to let those people go to basically just to fire them because they're now not capable of running and playing that role in the bigger organization and if you if you speak to people some people will have the same people with them for years because they chose wisely some people were just lucky, and some aren't. But if I think about clients and the, and the business owners I've met and worked with over the past 10 years, I would say this idea of attracting and um, recruiting A players is the, is the one really difficult thing they all struggle with. It's like, how do I know this person in front of me is an A player? Because they'll tell me nice things, then i hire them and i find out the opposite when they start work or yeah. wait until the end of probation before they start letting it all go yeah. yeah so those interview skills and interview structures are massively important and again if you know how to do how to read micro expressions
0: you'll be able to figure a lot more stuff out as
1: well <laughs> yeah some of it's some of it's that um yeah some of it's that it's not
0: everything yeah not everything for sure, I mean it's it's like everything you've got. Yeah, it's applicable to where it's applicable. So, kind of the logic side of stuff, uh, the logic side of the argument. What was what would you say that that would be? Because we said those emotional and logical.
1: Yeah. So the logicals much more about your business model. Right. Uh, the pace of change now in the business world is huge. Um. Even the government changes things at a far greater frequency than ever used to be the case. So you can easily be flat-footed by, uh, let's say, one year your business model's perfect, the next year the rules change, a competitor does something, and now my business model's completely screwed. Yeah. You think about businesses um, slowly going out of business in retail because they can't innovate fast enough to provide something worthwhile for consumers to come to the store rather than go online. Yeah, and we've seen very many high-profile examples of business literally going to the wall. Yeah. So retail's a really tough one, and generally the answer is to try to make things more experiential and less transactional. So again, we're adding emotion to the purchasing experience.
0: Yeah. And if you can do that, people want to come to you. Oh, entirely. It's the experience you create that that's why people pay you so much, is because, it's like Tony Robbins. That's that's a perfect example of self-development experience. Yeah. You know that you're an immersion of an experience. My friend went recently uh, in April. She has not stopped talking about it even now. Yeah. And that's simply because the experience they created. And she was like, that's amazing. For me, it's Coldplay. Um, previous to going to see Coldplay in 2016, not the biggest fan. I was like, I like a couple of songs they are okay. They little morose for me. I went to the concert. I hands down have said, and I'll say it on record as well, best concert I've ever been to. Oh, wow. Like, haven't been to anything that even came close to it. Um, Granted, I still want to go see the Black Keys and Foo Fighters and all these other places. I want to see how they do things differently, but for the sheer experience of joy and watching the video back from um, Wembley 2016, being a part of that and seeing it, I still get goosebumps and chills from that experience I'm like that's how you get someone to see a lifetime customer is the experience yeah. you give them yeah we've
1: we've only just seen the Rolling Stones they're currently on tour in the UK right now wow um, and went for Lucky Dip tickets because the best tickets are already gone yep and we ended up seeing a fantastic show and yeah. it really is a show rather than a band and how the guys at that age are still even upright I don't know <laughs> yeah Um, but very cool. So I know exactly what you mean there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's actually partially to do with they kind of hit a motion of flow. That's actually how they stay in that way because I remember I was speaking to um, a friend of mine on boxing psychology and we were talking about Freddie Roach. Now, Freddie Roach, I can't remember what's wrong with him, but he's got, I think it might be Parkinson's or something. But basically his body, his motions aren't what they used to be, which is where I had to quit boxing. But the moment you see him start punching... And Muhammad Ali had this as well. The moment they started hitting a punch bag, they kind of lost the idea and the notion that they were ill and they were yep. moving, they were jabbing, back the, they, they were right back into the natural. It's like they'd gone back in time in that one moment. Yeah. So, so if
1: we link this back into into business, yep. if you have a service, we need to productize it so that in the words of one of my clients, we were doing a, providing a service to them, actually a very Good service that made them a lot of money, and the project manager on the inside said he was chuckling because he said the FD, the finance director, was wandering around like a bear with a sore head. And I said, Tim, what do you mean we're making you loads of money? He said, That's not the problem. He's going around looking for the box with the ribbon on it, and he can't find it. It's too intangible for him. Yep. Really great lesson. Oh yeah. Similarly. Uh, Back to the shops and the things. When you have a product, make it a service. So you've got these two almost contradictory ideas that if you have a service, try and make it a product. If you have a product, try and make it a service to make it different, a different experience for your
0: customer. Okay. So essentially if I'm getting this right, so let's just take one of my businesses and one of my products and one of my services. So okay, let's say my, serv- my service of writing ad copy and my yep. product on teaching people on how to write copy from home, like a home study course. Yeah. So the idea there is that I basically productize my service in the sense of you're getting all these things. Here's the box with the ribbon showing you everything that you're getting and here's the deliverables that you can actually see, check and look against so it's got a name. Yeah, it has a name to it like, you know, uh special package 1 or something. It's a dad yeah, name yeah. I mean, but that's what we'd go with. it. Yeah. And then um with my with my with my product, it would be something along the lines of rather than just it being go buy and go do, rather it's here's what you're getting but there's this mystical side that actually kind of gets you the result that you're looking for without actually when you apply these steps the result comes rather than kind of getting-
1: yeah so you might have um i don't know a facebook group or a webinar or something attached yeah. with the product to deliver a service element to it
0: yeah so they have time with you essentially yeah okay that's pretty awesome so how do you do this for your business
1: um funnily enough i'm naming a new program um it's it's in the build up to launch Ooh. So I'm not, I'm not, re- I'm not revealing the name at the moment. It's, Damn! I was hoping we'd get an exclusive here, like get the name. Were here. you the the model, the genius model I mentioned is right here. You would be the first to to see it because um, we only drew it on um, on Friday.
0: Wow! So
1: so I was with my mentor, Tacky Tacky Moore. And we he just asked me some questions and we popped this thing together. Yeah, and it's in felt tip pen on a piece of flip chart paper. Wait, did you? Were you?
0: Were you at Covent Garden on Friday? Yeah. Okay, because I actually met Tacky on uh, Wednesday, I think it was. Like, we actually right. got together. He just just... come into the UK then? Yeah, he was literally just here for a day. Like, it was either Wednesday or Thursday we got together and hung out for a little bit. That was really nice. I think it was Wednesday. Where did you guys go to eat afterwards? Because, like, I made a couple of recommendations to him. I don't know which one he went to.
1: It, there was a Mexican place
0: on a corner. Near Covent Garden. Yeah, probably Oaxaca, To be fair, it was a two, it was two names, oh. Word, uh, two words. Okay, there wasn't Oaxaca. I had to look through like the entire process, be like, where did he go?
1: <laughs> so we came out of King Street, away from Covent Garden to the crossroads by the Tesco, turned right, right, and it was on the corner.
0: I will probably go check that out when I go for a walk today, because again, yeah. it's right round the corner from me. So okay, yeah. <laughs> small That's... world, eh? Yeah, tell me about it, because he was telling me about it and I didn't realize uh, that he was meeting you. If I knew I'd be like, hey, tell John." and I said, hey, it'll be awesome. Uh, I've been working with Taki three years now, so yeah. He's a good dude. He's a really good dude.
1: Anyway. But yeah, digression.
0: So I was going to say, uh, as far as it goes with like, um, so so I'm going to pick your brain a little bit on this. So with a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs are struggling like, let's, let's take it down to the people that are, like, struggling to hit their six-figure mark. I know that's not who you work with particularly, but I'm always curious to see at the higher level what you see when you look down. um, Like, top-down views. What is it that you see is one of the biggest, most insidious mistakes that people that are not hitting six figures make? Because I have no, a theory it's... of this. Head trash. Okay. Could you elaborate a little bit?
1: Yeah, um, negative uh, beliefs, emotions around their own business. They will sabotage themselves yep. to stay small. Okay. And when you can clear that fog, suddenly life gets a lot easier. So, so certainly with the with my female clients, they all know the L'Oreal strategy, right? Okay. It's because I'm worth it. <laughs> you, yeah. It makes people laugh, right? But it's, it's true. true. You have to believe you're worth it to to succeed beyond the level you're currently at. Yeah. Um most I don't tend to deal with people who don't have expertise at what they do. So if let's say I was working with a copywriter or they wanted to work with me and they didn't actually know how to write copy, I'd have to send I'd have to send them to someone like yourself first. To get trained. And so when you learnt your thing come back to me because I do business stuff. I don't do tech stuff. Yeah. So if you if you want to do something that you haven't got any expertise in, that's fine. You need to go and get the training so that you have the basic competency to deliver the product or the service or both that you want to, for the market you want to serve.
0: Okay. So and I I'm- guess
1: that's another, you know, there's that. There's, so there's the, the self-belief thing. The other one is when people don't have enough money, they tend to reach too wide and try to be everything to everybody. It's a very, very common mistake. They think if their net's bigger, they'll catch more fish. No, what happens is the fish swim through the holes and don't get anybody. So you have to really niche down to something really, really specific. And then you become the expert in that niche and people come to you. And I had this discussion, let's call it, with a coach um, a year ago. In fact, we we met again at Tacky's event. And uh, from a standing start, from him choosing which niche he was going to focus on, he's now got a speaking gig at a national industry conference. Wow. And he's pretty much keynote speaker. Why? Because they think he's the only guy with his specialism. So he's gone from zero to hero in 12 months. It's interesting. But he had to have the guts to make the call and and niche. And I think it's the step most businesses resist. They keep trying to be everything to everybody. It yeah. doesn't work because no one knows why to refer you. Yeah. You know, no. You're just an accountant or you're just a solicitor or you're just a coach. Great. So is a million other people. I have no idea why I should refer
0: you yeah no I, I totally get that I think um, this is just my own bullshit really more than anything <laughs> the reason that I've actually not niched down so much and written for so many markets is because I genuinely get bored
1: well you don't have singing. to
0: yeah because your, your niche is copywriting yeah my niche is being the Michelangelo Angelo Love creation that's what I right, do I'm go. the story seller. Um, yeah actually to be fair that is the new niche that I've been like carving out for myself is Combining story selling and uh, direct response to create the story selling template. Yeah. Um,
1: if you can match the hero's journey, you know, if you can extract that from clients like you do, like walking the mile in their shoes, yeah. that's a fantastic niche to own.
0: Oh, yeah. Like you've, uh, we, I think we discussed my actual model of how to get into people's minds, and I've been like rewriting my uh, my presentation, which I'm actually going to be doing a webinar version of my presentation. And okay. using that as a way to actually get into like larger speaking gigs.
1: Yeah. Because we
0: came up with a name for that, didn't we? We did. It's in my notes somewhere. I don't really, I can't remember it exactly. It was customer something. Customer acquisition something? Emotion. But that was it. Yeah. yeah. You uh, you totally nailed that. It was amazing. Um, there was something <laughs> that you actually did mention that I really wanted to touch upon. And it was, that was it. It was the second point that you made it's about being an expert in your marketplace because I know this from experience and from others and it's this idea of being a broke expert. It's you're really great at what you do, but you can't attract the clients and you nailed it. It's finding that niche. Yeah. So for the people who are listening to this and going, yeah, but I know I'm really good at what I do and I have my niche and stuff. I'm like, okay, if you're broke and the expert at your niche, change the niche with your expertise.
1: Well, yeah. Who's the, um, who's the philosopher writer, I think, in the U.S.? Reinhardt. Um, Atlas Shrugged is one oh, of the books. Ayn Rand?
0: Yes. Yeah. And what is what is she? Is it a lady, isn't it? Ayn yeah, Rand? Yeah, she's really into uh, objectivism. That's a right.
1: philosophy. So, perfect. So if you're an expert and if you're broke, one of your assumptions must be wrong. Yes. Which is it? Are you not broke or are you not an expert? That makes sense. <laughs> it's um, cruel. It's harsh. But... It's true. If you think about what Vern Harnish talks about when he talks about the Stockdale Paradox, which is that you must confront brutal reality. Get your feet on the ground. Stop kidding yourself. And when you're standing on the rock, then you can make
0: progress. Yeah. That is so powerful. And something I will say right now that I want to jump across – I really want people to understand – when you when you ask that question, are you which assumptions wrong? Are you broke or are you the expert? Like which one is the the wrong assumption? For most people, they'll be like, I'm not the expert. I might like, slow down for a second and actually look at yourself because this is quite an interesting conversation. So I posted about this yesterday on Facebook. Um, yeah. A friend of mine texted me yesterday and was like, Hey, do you, I love the I love musical movies. I just do. They're just like a little guilty pleasure. I absolutely enjoy. Not really a guilty pleasure, yeah. but they a pleasure I enjoy. Um, and The Greatest Showman is such a great show for me. I, I enjoy it. But they did All a right. sing-along version at the Prince Charles Theatre yesterday. All right. So I went to that with my friends, and obviously you're really getting to it, and bit with a little sing-along and stuff. And there's a scene, and I can pinpoint it. It's like when, um, I think it's like in the first act, about 15 minutes into the movie, where Hugh Jackman and, I think it's January Jones, I can't remember the place, uh, his wife they're dancing around and there's something that they said which is um, it's not even said it's shown that you are not the lot you do not have to live at the station that you were given at the start of your life right. you can become something and yeah. in my mind I looked at it went hold on a second I've never actually stopped and looked at my own journey that way because where yeah. I am today and where I was even a decade ago or even when I was 10 years old like yeah. 18 years ago almost 19 years ago two different worlds it's yeah, kind of like you've gone from the world of struggling, not having, not being able to afford or think or even eat at times, to being able to go out, eat wherever you want, cook whatever you want, be whoever you are, and live in probably one of the greatest cities in the world. Um, yeah. And actually, and afford- travel
1: thousands of miles in the process too,
0: right? Well, not yet. We're getting there. <laughs> the travel. Well, you have. You think about where you've come from geographically. Yes, that's true. Yeah. No, that is actually very, very true. Like travel thousands of miles in the way of getting there. Though not as many as you, um, <laughs> I travel around the world. All the time by the way, John is amazing as a resource of like figuring stuff out of where to go because like you have so many amazing experiences about where you're traveling. So I'm gonna wrap this up. Wrap up my point and ask you this next question. So my point is, one of the key aspects that really holds businesses back is the decision making process for me. Yeah. Um, and I think I told you about it when I said. Um, because the expectation everyone else had for me was I have to be this seven, eight figure earner all the time. And because I'd never set the expectation myself rather taken on someone else's definition, no matter if I didn't, I didn't have the motivation or inspiration to go towards it and the drive to go towards it. So the moment that drive was, it it fell short, I was beating myself up saying that you're not good enough. You don't deserve this. It's not worthy of you. And how helpful was that? The moment I came to the clarity moment, oh, that was horrible, but like the moment I came to the moment of clarity where I was like, okay, what is within my control that is a little bit of a stretch that I know can actually hit constantly? Okay, let's start with £100,000. Let's start with that. That is the goal I want to get to. It's consistent, monthly, reliable income that you know you can bank on it coming again. Okay, you build from that. You know where your end goal is because you've set the, you've set the marker yourself and you set the trajectories yeah. that you want to hit. The moment I did that, everything became clear.
1: Right. So that was a realistic goal for you. Yep. When we set goals that are too big a stretch, our self-talk chips in and tells us it's rubbish. Yep. We, we end up defeating ourselves. If you listen to uh, Andy Shaw, he um, talks about clearing out the negative self-talk. Yeah. So if you can set a goal, it doesn't matter how big it is, and and talk about it in the present tense, as they say, acting as if and you have no negatives in your head at all, chances are you will manifest that goal. Yep. Because yeah, you'll set your internal compass to that direction.
0: Yeah, and things will show up for you in that direction to make it true. I mean, we've right. seen it so many times. I guess that's where to, to to walk on the side of the law of attraction just for a moment, that's how that law kind of works. You have set intention with very little or no negative self-talk actually no negative self-talk and you just go because your mind's already there the body will just yeah there's nothing in your way yep exactly and one of the now like that was the point i wanted to wrap up the question i had for you when are you going to write your book about traveling like i swear that there is there is a book there that i can just see where you have like all these crazy adventures around the world with your family and you just document what you do and just let people know, hey, these are the things I picked up, and this is how I got here. Um, I guess
1: because when 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 you're in it, when I'm in it, I don't see it as is it's that special that other people will be that interested. Mm-hmm. I think my calling feels much more like um, writing the book around the new model. Yeah, is probably what I want to do first. It'll be either the uh, the transformation wheel that that you'll see on um, michael's podcast or the genius model for this one about the secret to scaling you know a seven figure business beyond
0: so we basically got two books already right there yeah pretty yeah cool. so okay curiously how do you write like if you were to write a book how would you write it
1: how do you mean give me give me a
0: slightly Okay, so an easy example of this, so would you actually sit down and write it and go to like, some, like an isolated area and sit down on your laptop or write it out that way? Or would you use the other models, uh, which technology have afforded us, such as using something like Dragon Naturally Speaking or Google Docs, where you can just use voice to text?
1: I find that I tend to speak too colloquially, so if I just transcribe what I say... I end up having to edit it. So I prefer to write. Okay. And my preference would be structure first. So I've got the model of the book, if you like the contents page. Yep. And then just fill in the gaps. Yep. What I would hate to do, though, understanding is all the referencing. So when people say, well, where does that come from? Or where does this, because I I've, I forget who said it. But someone talked about, you know, the view from here is because of standing on the shoulders of giants. Einstein? So,
0: Einstein? Possibly. possibly. But I'd like
1: to acknowledge the people that I'm standing on, you know, who yeah. helped me. And so people can make the connections for themselves. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't give attribution. The attribution is really important.
0: Yeah. You know? Oh, entirely. It's, like you got to, it's a great way of solidifying who you are in a way. And like one of the best ways I can actually uh, say a place I actually learned this was jujitsu of all places is because you because your lineage your belt lineage is always shown yes it's kind of like um so for me it's uh marco canya and then it's um leo vieira Leo Vieira from this person like hollis crazy and then all gracie all the way back down to like elio gracie and the gracie family and like as you find the lineage all the way down like that's constantly like you're constantly reminded of your lineage of yeah. who your instructor was and who your instructor's instructor was, so essentially where you are is standing on the shoulders of giants. Yeah, like they they developed one thing and you developed another and added to. Yeah, yeah so That's yeah. Really powerful. So one of my favorite questions to ask on the show is, uh, I'm gonna, I've got to set the parameters for this a little bit. So it's, I'm gonna ask you for three books, but we're gonna do it this way: two nonfiction books, and the yeah. third book is either a fiction book or a movie that okay. you recommend for everyone to w- listen, watch, or read. Right. So I've got to do two non-fiction. Yep. And then one fiction slash one fiction book slash fiction movie.
1: Well, let's blend old and new for the non-fiction. Okay. So the old one is The Goal by Ellie Goldratt. who who passed away a few years ago, an absolute genius guy. He was a mentor to me, been to his house in the Netherlands a couple of times. Um, Amazing, amazing man. And the goal is a very simple, it's probably the first business novel, but certainly Vern Harnish, Scaling Up Gazelles, calls it the best business book of all time, uh, which is not widely known. Um, If you've read that book, read it again, because there's a lot of genius tucked in there and it's really easy to understand. So it's called Um, Goal, right? The Goal, literally The Goal. Okay. Yeah, by by Ellie Goldratt. Brilliant, brilliant book. Um, Number two, uh, so right up to date, uh, this is for the guys at, at, you know, what really want to scale. I would say um, Exponential Organizations by Salim Ismail. Okay. Um, really, really talks about the difference between, you know, regular bricks and mortar business, platforms, these businesses that have the you know, because of the way they're designed, they scale ten times, twenty times, fifty times, which most people would think was impossible until you understand how they've been designed to do that. Yeah, so something every entrepreneur should be aware of.
0: By the way, I'm actually also ordering Ellie's book right now. So (laughs) I just sat here on Amazon going, okay, where's where's a place that isn't in the US that can send it to me? Yeah. Yeah. So, and the third one, which is uh, a fiction book slash movie.
1: So fiction books, I like some of the old
0: historical
1: ones. So Ken Follett's Pillars of the Earth. I must have read that a couple of times.
0: I've never read that
1: it's a you know it's a it's a big one but it's great for going on holiday and completely forgetting the rest of the world very much sharpening
0: the saw and that's actually really good i love i love books like that because they actually allow you to again it is that moment of switching off yeah like let your Switch brain off, cover. think about something completely different and sometimes that breeds great ideas yeah i mean the
1: trilogy of um, the swedish trilogy Girl with the dragon tattoo the girl who played with fire the Girl Who Kicked the Hornet's Nest. Um, fantastic to read. I've got the, sw- the Swedish series on DVD. I've got the books. i watched the film and I've seen the Daniel Craig version.
0: Um, what's interesting... Prefer- with- Sorry? Out of the two, which did you prefer? The Daniel Craig version the original Swedish version?
1: Original Swedish. Okay. Because you the movie's so good, you absorb into the movie even though... You it's only done. can understand that, yeah, the The way the acting works, you almost don't need the script. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Certainly I don't, anyway. I just, just you, you know, read the subtitles, obviously, but uh, it, it's no less of an experience for it being in Swedish.
0: Yeah, like, you don't really have that, uh, you don't have that break between, like, going, oh, I need to start process and they can come back to it. It's like, I'm still there and understanding. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's pretty, yeah. pretty awesome. I love stuff like that. So one of my, one of my other favorite questions, because again, there's three, um, this, this is one of the questions I always have to ask, which is when you've had that situation in life and in business, the one that really knocks you on your ass, you know, the yeah. one that basically like makes you question your confidence as a person. Yeah. What did you do personally in order to like race out of that and get yourself back to an even keel and then thrive? And what advice would you give to someone that is going through that situation?
1: Okay, so step one, you have to confront the, like I've said, you have to confront the brutal reality. How deep in the poo are you? <laughs> uh, and I think the last one I had was a was a, a possible joint venture that just went pear shaped, and the usual mistake of not agreeing an exit beforehand. Um, and there was a bit of a big bust up and I ended up lying in bed awake at night and I thought, OK, how much money do I have to pay this person such that my conscience is clear to get them to go away? I did that. Interestingly, wind forward a few years, that same person stands up in a room of 200 people, points at me and say, gives me the credit for giving them a great kickoff to their own business. I think it was their way of apologising. So that brings me to the second thing is once you've confronted the brutal reality, stop imagining the worst and beating yourself up because it won't help you. You have to plot your way out. So if I'm with a client who's struggling, um, I want them to map out, okay, what customers do you have? What's your invoicing this month? What are your bills this month? And get it down to the real clear basics of what isn't isn't going to happen financially because the money is the blood of the business if you run out of blood you die yeah yeah so let's stop the bleeding and work out what we have to do and very often people have lost focus they've become internally focused to deal with the complexity and they've stopped looking outside at the customer yeah so we need to you know stop the chaos inside and get the customer ref- sorry get the client refocused on the outside. Yeah. It's the same thing. Get out there and meet people. If your marketing sucks, just get out there and talk to people. Yeah, you know how to talk to people. You've talked since you were two. So, you know, get out, get off your ass, go and meet people. Go and meet people in your target market, find out what they want and give it to them. Classical old old strategy. Find
0: what people want and give it to them.
1: Yeah. What's it? Charles Handy, empty raincoat.
0: Yeah. 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 That's that's always one of the greatest or greatest um, piece of advice ever, and it's something that I still like. Even when I write a copy, I usually go find someone from some my target audience and give it to them. They're like, hey, would this would you buy from this? Yeah. We'll just read it to them, and, be like, and if that if the answer is not, where do I sign up or could you tell me more? And it's like, oh, that's interesting. I'm like, if it's that's interesting, that's a dud. We have got to keep yeah, going. Right. Until get like a, we get the right uh, response. So my favorite question of the show is always this. So I'm going to preface it with the uh, person that you're speaking to, which is, it's one of three. They're the business owner that's hit a plateau, that don't know exactly what they're doing, in the sense that they don't know how to get out of this plateau, they're starting to get chaotic. The second is the struggling entrepreneur that is, uh, in the sense, we kind of covered this earlier, but I want you to just go a little bit more in depth, and that is the person that has that perception that they're the broke expert, it, one, of the, one of them isn't true. And the third is someone that is very similarly related to the second and the first, in the sense that they're they're midway, they're mid-six figures, like they're making half a million turnover quite well, but they have head trash. Yeah. So what advice would you give to those people?
1: So uh, okay, the head we... trash guy, they've got to work on their awareness. Okay. And if they've got a heavy traffic volume, in other words, the head's full of stuff, that's going to be much harder. Yeah. Um, but if it's just one or two repeating patterns, journaling is great. Literally write down what was that negative pattern? How did it serve you or not serve you? No, no negative pattern actually serves you. There's not any tyrannosaurs running through Soho that are going <laughs> to gobble you up when you run out the door. So this constant state of fear and anxiety people live in, it's all an illusion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the mid guy yeah, go for the patterns see if you can identify your own patterns and the more you can take the mic out of your own strategies the less power they have over you
0: yeah I mean these are
1: the practical things you can do
0: yeah because you're disempowering essentially the big bully
1: yeah yeah which unfortunately for most people is themselves
0: yeah
1: yeah okay Um, the the plateau guy yep so then the question is are you telling yourself that you're going to go out of control, or is it actually that you've satisfied all the needs you have in your life and you're actually pretty comfortable? Yeah. So then the question is, do you need to serve a bigger purpose? And you and you may decide you may not, or you may decide I'm bored now. I need the what is the what does the challenge at the next level look like? Yeah. So some people need a bigger towards
0: to to work for. Okay. So basically setting a, again, it's setting a bit of a picture for themselves to see if, uh, to, to move forward. It is essentially yeah. like a challenge for them. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's really interesting. That's powerful. But uh, John, thank you for being on the show today. I really appreciate cool. you coming on and us having this whole conversation If we did. The
1: only yeah, thing I was cool. surprised by,
0: we didn't actually swear as much because usually I thought we were like in person, like it was pretty much just sweet. I'm kidding, I'm just teasing. no in person we actually had a really good chat and stuff but um i'm glad that we we got right down to the nitty-gritty of it all and helped people really understand um because there's so many writable moments and teachable moments in this and that is the idea just the three things that you said at the end clearing out the head trash is one of the biggest ones people can find finding a bigger purpose in what you're doing and ultimately just kind of looking at um the negative patterns Yeah, know, journaling is so huge, it's ridiculous, but there's so many things that we've spoken about as well, and I've ordered two books while we're basically speaking on the show, so I've already picked (laughs) them up. Um, Guys, go check out actioncoach.com forward slash John Cottrell, that's C-O-T-T-R-E-L-L. Check him out, follow him everywhere you can online. The guy's a great, great guy, and Michael uh, Griffiths did a podcast with you. Uh, We'll get a link to that the moment it goes live. We'll put that in the description as well so people can go check that out because it's an excellent resource for people to listen to and watch. I'm definitely going to be... uh, Would you say that it would be just that podcast in particular that you would let people know to film themselves? Or would you rather they just film themselves doing other things?
1: No, film themselves during that podcast because we talk about um, the eight types of limiting belief and most people don't know what beliefs they have so what they can do is as they film them they film themselves listening to the podcast and then they can look at their own facial expressions afterwards and figure out then which which subjects were they reacting to and that's the clues they need about the things that hold them back okay so, so they can do a bit of uh, a bit of
0: self help right there Okay, so I'm gonna ask this question just simply as we're closing because I want people to go check this out because I'm I'm already hitting that curiosity curiosity factor. So what are the like what are some or all of the eight um, patterns?
1: Uh, well, one is searcher. Okay, Sergeant. so the Coaches are searchers. Um, then there's different kinds of victim. Okay. There's the righteous. Okay. Uh, the rebel. Mm -hmm. it's another one Uh, then there's the people that feel they're either no good or they're not worthy okay yeah and denials another one so there you go that's 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 all of them
0: that's awesome so guys go I'm I'm actually really looking forward to that episode dropping so I can go listen to it just (laughs) simply because I want to video this Um, if you do video yourself upload it tag Michael uh, tag uh, Michael tag John and tag me um just simply because i want to see what your re- reactions and expressions are and if you guys had fun as always go subscribe to the podcast check out actioncoach.com forward slash john cottrell and we'll see you on the next uh, on the next episode guys uh look forward to having you bye thanks